I'm Kevin, and I'm joined by my co-host with Harrison Bader-like hair. Yeah, it's a weird ordeal. Um, Katie is just proving to be childish. Which is why I don't feel I would give $5 million to Jack Campbell. I don't know. Baseball is one of those sports where anyone who makes the playoffs really can be a, a contender. I think the Padres definitely do it. I don't think Donovan Mitchell gets traded. Kyrie Irving does have the track record of not being a great locker room fit, or even good locker room fit. I, Bader got some luscious locks, I gotta say it. This is Zach Bigley, the broadcaster for the Frisco Rough Riders, and you're listening to Outsiders Opinions with Kevin and Austin. You guys better subscribe. What's up, y'all? Welcome to our NFL Opinions of the Week, and I am... Kevin, sad Cowboys fan, and I'm joined by the man that bet against Tom Brady, Austin. Yeah, you're really burying me with this stuff. Uh, but you but won. I did. Yeah. I did. I, I did bet against the Buccaneers, which Brady was a uh, player on. But uh, there's bigger worries now. My, I have no more people left. However, if... Everything goes right. And right now, I think it looks good uh, for your, both of yours to be wrong. So, uh, I'm Oh, you're believing in the Niners. The Eagles do poorly against good rushing teams, usually, whenever they can get the ball. Uh, whenever they can start getting something together. And also, the Niners have one of the best defenses. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Okay, yeah, uh, because I have I have a couple of thoughts. I am worried about my Chiefs pit, um, but uh, let's let's just talk about the Chiefs. Mahomes goes down with an injury. He's my honorable mention. Also, uh, if you weren't with us last week, we have five top five impre- five impressive performances. Any position, best coach, worst coach, any critical decisions you disagree with, we'll answer them throughout the video. So just keep track of that. So my honorable mention is Patrick Mahomes because he was able to play with a high ankle sprain. Um, But, and then also my number one impressive performance was Travis Kelsey because he had, yeah, my number one was Travis as well. I didn't have an honorable mention for anyone besides this one guy, but it wasn't Mahomes. Yeah. Like Mahomes was still, he was still good, but he wasn't like Mahomes. When One of the reasons why I don't think he couldn't have been could have been mine is the uh, effect that Chad Haney had when he came in. It didn't look like the offense was totally in the gutter, so I don't feel like Patrick Mahomes playing through injury necessarily meant they won. I feel like they could have won that game just like they did against the Browns uh, with Chad Haney if he had to finish the game. Yeah, um, the main reason I think they won was Travis Kelsey just being incredible. Yeah, Travis Kelsey's unguardable, especially when you don't have someone to mark him. Yeah, so uh, Jaguars, it's looking good for them. Um, just, you have Doug Peterson, and th- they put up a fight, um, but uh, I think there just wasn't much. It was just the Chiefs having a better roster and more experience. Yeah, uh I wasn't really all that happy with some of this uh, passing selection that uh, Trevor Lawrence made throughout the game. I feel like he could have made some different passes, but 
I, I was really happy to see Travis Etienne start playing well. They should have ran the ball more, in my opinion. Even when you're down, if you're not down by two scores, which they weren't for most of the game, I feel like they could have ran the ball more. But uh, the home field advantage the Chiefs have is definitely noticeable. Yeah, and um, yeah, I couldn't remember what Trevor Lawrence. So one play that stuck out to me was the uh, interception. Just I don't, I'm not sure quite what the plan was, but another big thing to me with the Jaguars is so we've seen glimpses of Trevor Lawrence, and I would upgrade the receiving core. I think they're good on the run game, upgrade the line a little bit, but they don't really have to upgrade the receiving core because they have Calvin Ridley coming in next year. Yeah, and he would definitely have time to acclimate to a new offense, new scheme, a new quarterback, but he should be really good for them. And I was really happy for them when they got that acquisition, and I really questioned the Falcons moving forward. But uh, this team has a bright future. Now, obviously, they still almost missed the playoff to a team that they almost went under 500 if uh, it wasn't for a kind of a fluky Joshua Dobbs fumble. Uh, and we'll have to see if the Titans get Brady because that would change the entire landscape of the division. But right now, they're my favorites going into next year to win the division. Yeah, I would agree. And um, we'll just have to see what they do in the offseason because they had an aggressive offseason last year. I wonder if they follow that up. But um, the next game I want to talk about is Giants-Eagles. I kind of cheated again on this impressive performances. Um, my number three was just Eagles. Like, I couldn't. Like, Goddard was great. Defense, it just seemed like the Eagles came out ready to play, and that's why I put Nick Sirianni as my best coach. I almost put Andy Reid, but um, just with dealing with Mahomes. But I think Nick Sirianni really prepared his team, and they came out on fire. So I have two impressive performances. This is where we get to my honorable mention, and it's Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat had 1.5 sacks, Three combined tackles, two QB hits, and a forced fumble. He he was dominant, and I could have gone with Hassan Reddick too, but you can put both of his honorable mentions. I don't care. And then my number three is Kenneth Gainwell. He ran all over uh, the Giants. Twelve rushes, hundred and twelve yards, a touchdown, one reception for nine yards, hundred and twenty-one total rushes on only thirteen touches. He um, was getting a lot of – he got a lot of yards. Is he the one with touchdowns or is that Boston Scott? Or is Boston Scott, Scott if you talk about the stat that, like, he has 11 stat. touchdowns against eight, in eight games against the Giants, that's Boston Scott. But Gainwell, okay. yeah, he, he played amazing. And I still find it very funny that him, 5'9", is the cousin of 6'4", massive Fletcher Cox. Whoa, I did not know that. That is crazy. Yeah, they're, they're cousins on the same team. I find that hilarious. Yeah, and for the Giants, I don't think you can be upset. Like, this season, I think, exceeded expectations. And um, I, I just think the difference between the Eagles and the Giants is just roster construction. I, I think it's also experience. We forget that this team played against a very good Bucks team last year in the playoffs. And while Sirianni, I don't think is he wasn't my best coach, he's still – out-coached the ball for what he could do. Now, I still think DeVal's a better coach, and I'd still, if I was signing one of them today, take DeVal. But you got to remember, this is basically what the Eagles did last year with the Giants. It's supposed the Giants won a game. So this Giants season, 
wildly successful. The Eagles had a terrible year and then made the playoffs, lost to the Bucks, and then this year they're a one seed. I don't see I don't see any reason why the Giants can't do a similar thing here after having a full offseason to sign guys, another draft to pick up guys, and then another year of experience for Daniel Jones. That is a good point um, and a great comparison. Um, I, I would argue quarterback, but going into this year, I wasn't sure about Hurts. So if Jones takes another leap or plays like he did against the Vikings, then, yeah, there could definitely be um, – a, ch- a chance that they do this similar to the Eagles. The NFC East, I know we talk about, oh, it's so bad. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, it's so good. It is going to be good for the next four years at least because the I don't the Giants and Eagles are very young teams. When you look at A.J. Brown, obviously the quarterbacks, Saquon's not that old. They still have a young receiving core, young O-line. They drafted so many guys. I know, like, Jason Kelsey is going to retire eventually. Like, he may not retire after this year, but he, he will retire before the four-year mark ends. But still, they have enough – Dallas Goddard's not that old. They have enough players on defense. But at least for these two teams, I think the NFC East, the top half, will at least be pretty good for the next four years. Yeah, I agree. And the Eagles have a lot of draft capital. I believe they have a top 15 pick this year um, because of the Saints. Or is it even top 10? I, it's not top ten. I know for a fact it's not top ten. Oh, okay. You can check though. Uh, yeah, I'm checking because I'm pretty sure it's top fifteen. Oh, it's right at ten. It's ten. Yeah. Interesting. I thought the uh, the Saints were higher than that. I don't know why. Yeah. I oh, thought oh, oh, they're... oh! It's because there's so many seven and ten teams. They were just tied. So like oh, the seven yeah. and ten Jets got the thirteenth pick, but the seven and ten Falcons got the eighth pick. Oh my gosh, there are five, six. Yeah, there's six. So I just, if if the Bucks had lost another game, and the Panthers lost another game before that, if the Bucks had lost to the Panthers, the Saints still had a chance to get in the playoffs the last week of the year. So I just, I guess, I just assume that they had a better record than they actually did. Yeah, it's it's weird because it goes Atlanta, Carolina, Saints. Tennessee, Cleveland, but it goes to Houston and then the Jets. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And then Green, Green Bay's at 15. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a whole conversation about the draft because I'm really excited for a lot of teams. But Yeah, and uh, there have been a lot of moves um, coaches-wise, which I'm very interested in, in as well. Um, but, yeah, so I think we can move on to the Bills and Bengals game. I was surprised with just how I almost want to call it lopsided. It was lopsided. Even though it, it's it's well, the score was only seventeen points, but it, it was lopsided. There's no way yeah. around it. And here's my question to you. I know people have been talking about Burrow and Allen. We'll get to that. But Jamar Chase has never not been in the AFC championship game since he got drafted. That's true. I don't think of it like that because he's only been to two, but that is that is a fact. What you said was not incorrect, and it's it's weird because we were always on Panay Sewell, like draft Panay Sewell, and they go draft Jamar Chase, and the offense works even though the line is still not good. It works because and, Burrow is Brady, and what I mean by Burrow is Brady is he gets off the ball in two seconds, and he's able to read the defense at enough time to where he doesn't throw a hundred picks. 
So because he's reading the defense so fast and making such quick throws and has great wide receivers and a good tight end in Hayden Hurst, it's it makes the offense very fluid. And Joe Burrow is my number two player of the week. I I, I was really impressed in the snow. I, I I know he didn't have the most yards, but a, a, a 101 rating, two touchdowns. That touchdown pass was amazing. 31 rushing yards. I was I was impressed. The 242 doesn't look great, but uh, I I wasn't really concerned about yardage. It was more about game management and his ability to control the offense. And I, I was just impressed, really, with him. Yeah, he is also my number two player of the week. Um, so you and I are, agree on one and two. And um, for the same reasons you said, and maybe it's on the Bills part, he was only sacked once. And I believe it was like minus four yards. Yeah, and I think that big part of that is uh, uh, injuries that have happened to the uh, the Bills line and, and otherwise because they don't even have safety help, so they can't even run blitzes and stuff like that. Von Miller being hurt is exceptionally painful. But I think part of it's also because my best coach, Zach Taylor, Sometimes at some point we have to actually respect him as a really good coach. Oh, I, I, I don't think no one yeah, really talks I, I, to him at that level as a really good coach. And no, I don't care who you are, you can't escape terrible coaching. So the the fact that people are like, "Oh, it's just Burrow and Chase," well, yes, Burrow and Chase are a major part of this, but Zach Taylor deserves some credit. Yes, and I remember I thought he was going to be fired like our first year. Of the podcast, I was like, he's not good. Then he goes in the AFC Championship game. And then he goes again. And it's worked out. Like, he is, you can't deny. He got the quarterback. And they added the wide receiver, which I think Jamar Chase being the number one wide receiver is, like, you if you blitz, I think you have great advantages all around in that wide receiving core. So someone's going to get open. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and, Zach Taylor's been incredible. Yeah, and I was very close to put Sean McDermott as my worst coach. I did not put him as my worst coach. Uh, and the reason why he'd be there is just expectation and home field advantage. And the fact that he's a defensive head coach and let Burrow do everything that he, he did. But I feel like there was a worse head coach, and we're both going to agree on this, I feel like. Uh, yeah, you sure. haven't mentioned him yet, so we, we all yeah. kind of got the idea. But – uh, the Bengals are a scary team, and it's it's scary because Burrow has that mentality that is that should worry teams. It's the Brady, it's the Brady mentality. He's the closest thing we've seen to Brady, except for the fact that Brady's still in the league. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's the Brady mentality. It's the I'm just better than you, and I'm going to beat you. Why? Because I'm better than you. And why am I better than you? Because I am. It's not, you can't, it's, it's all mental. And he's very intelligent. And when you pair that with a great wide receiver, it's really dangerous. And I think part of Zach Taylor's genius with how this team is constructed is picking Jamar Chase. We disagree. We said Panay. But that relationship you can have with a coach, hey, you want, do you want Jamar? Are you guys going to be the best in the league? And I bet I bet that question was asked. And I bet Burrow said, yes, we will be the best team in the AFC if you give me Jamar Chase. 
And he said, okay, I trust you. And that's part of what you need as a good head coach is a great relationship with your players. And I think Zach Taylor is one of the best in the league at that. Yeah. And um, yeah, to the Jamar Chase, like it, it was a great pick. It worked out. And um, I, I also think Joe Burrow, like we had talked about it. Like I was like, well, it depends on what Josh Allen does. Like I could change my ranking, which I now will change my ranking. And uh, just a preview is Joe Burrow is probably going to be two for me for my QB. Oh, I have to think, is he top two? It's too early. It's too early. I haven't thought about it enough, Uh, but I will say this, and this takes no amount of effort or pain for me. Uh, Josh Allen will be below Joe Burrow. Guaranteed. Oh yeah. For me too. For me as well. Guaranteed. I guarantee and it's like you're saying, he has. I almost want to call it here. Like it's just, it goes beyond his skill. Joe Burrow. He's. You're talking mental. Like he just brings a presence, which I think Brady does, and I think Mahomes sort of has it too. It's not the ambiance isn't as much with Mahomes, even though it's there. Mahomes yeah. is a little bit too quirky and too easygoing sometimes. I feel like that's the Andy Reid symptoms, not the fact that he doesn't have the it factor. It's just Andy Reid's so chill, easygoing. I'm going to go have a cheeseburger after we win the Super Bowl at Disneyland or whatever. But uh, it's just more evident with Burrow. Even though Burrow is easygoing, I think Brady's easygoing when you're just talking to him when they're winning. It's, It's when they get down, you can see them over there on the bench making decisions. Patrick Mahomes is very, very, very good. Very good. This doesn't even mean a conversation. However, I will say that having a great offensive head coach is helpful. Yes, but Zach Taylor is also an offensive coach. That's that's true. But the, the way we talked about Andy Reid before Patrick Mahomes was very good already. He had already led an Eagles team to a Super Bowl. He had already led the... Chiefs one year to a 9-0 record. Obviously, they lost in the playoffs with Alex Smith, but they were still a good team. Before Zach, uh, uh, before Burrow, Zach Taylor, a lot of people saying he should be fired. So, it's, that's what I'm kind of saying. It's, okay, yeah, it's different of how they were brought up. One guy is already the guy, a top five coach in the league. The other guy was desperate. He was coaching for his job. And I feel like that desperation is in Burrow at at, at times, you can see that whether it's him himself after being uh, kicked off of Ohio State, or not kicked off, but he just wasn't started there, so he went to LSU. The desperation to, I will make it in this league, and compared with Zach Taylor's, I'm a good head coach and I'm going to prove it, it makes it interesting mix. Yes, I do agree. And I do think Mahomes was, like, he was in the right circumstance with Andy Reid. And now, like, Andy Reid knows, like, how to bring him up, and now he's just fantastic. But Burrow is more of a finished product. Yeah, it's really hard for me to choose between Burrow and Mahomes because, again, they're so different mentally. And I honestly, if your team gets either, you should win a championship, is all I'm going to say. Like, career-wise, but what are saying? Yeah, and to me, like, like Joe Burrow said, the window is always open as long as I'm playing. And I do think him and That's Mahomes... That's 100% true. Yeah. yeah. You go. 
And when Brady, out, Brady, I think is smarter now. Where, he, but just with them too, and like when you have great QBs, you really don't need to have surrounding pieces. Which I think Josh is now. You have, he's entering the range where he might need a surrounding piece. Where Mahomes and Burrow, I think, can do well without all the pieces. They don't need to have the perfect situation. I, I will say this. I will give some credit where it's due. Uh, Burrow does it with less than Mahomes because Mahomes has a top three tight end all time on his team and has has, has had him forever, like for yes. his career. He, he's had all pro offensive linemen. I understand the Super Bowl against the Bucks, he didn't, but throughout the majority of his career, he has not had a bad line. And then you go to the fact that he had Tyree Kill. It's helpful, especially when you have such a great offensive mind in Andy Reid. But there is only three players or three quarterbacks that I would say it's open until their career ends, and that's Brady, Burrow, and Mahomes. I don't care where Brady – if Brady plays next season, which I highly think he does, 80% chance, I say. I don't care where he goes. I'm still saying that he has a chance. Because he's done too much for me to doubt him. And I think we're at that point with Mahomes now. To where we're, even though he's only won one, oh, he's yeah. at the point I to agree. where he's a contender no matter what. Even if he were to leave the Chiefs. And I think we'll really see how good Mahomes is. The test of who's better all time will really be answered once that contract kicks in with Mahomes. Once the $50 million kicks in and we're like, how are they going to pay these players? That's when we're going to see how good he is. But we're, we're kind of staying on this too long, so we can go to that. Well, yeah, and um, yeah, I'm, uh, big news is the Panthers have hired Frank Reich as their head coach. Oh, man. But yeah, you made excellent points, but that was like a thing I wanted to mention that. Uh, I, I understand why Frank Reich, I'm surprised he got a head coaching gig right after he was fired, but uh, we can talk about with head coaching where we discussed that, but I wanted to mention that. Any uh-huh. quick moments, and then we'll move on to the Cowboys game. Well, as it says on ESPN here, he did play for Carolina as a QB. Oh, but, I missed that. Uh, I don't know how I feel with Frank Reich. He did not do enough with the Colts to earn a second spot. I would have... I... I... I don't think I would have made that choice. That's just me. But. Yeah, I would have wanted to have him as an OC and then like build it up and see what he does, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I just want to throw this in there really quick. My favorite coaching candidate for this next year is D'Amico Ryans. Oh, I would agree. He's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, um, which is a great transition to the Niners. Um, I, I think the story is Dak Prescott and the two interceptions. Yes, I, I uh, Purdy did not play well. He didn't play bad. He just didn't play well. He played. He did enough, and sometimes that's okay. You don't need to throw for. He threw for two fourteen, zero picks, zero interceptions. Not a particularly great game, but again, like I said, not bad. And when you have a great defense, all you need to do is survive. Just postpone, postpone, postpone. Wait until you have to make a play, and they did that. 
Yeah, I agree. And to me, like, I can't blame the defense. Um, Micah Parsons is my fifth um, best performance. Just he was incredible, and the defense played incredibly well. And they only had one touchdown. They held the Niners' offense to just enough. And to me, it you needed another big game from like, you didn't even need a big game. You just need him not to turn over the ball, which Brock Purdy did not turn over the ball. And um, Dak turned over the ball, and I think that's a six-point swing. And um, that's where I think Dak is now definitely in the Kirk Cousins zone. And quarterbacks like that where it depends on the situation, how like they can't do it. Like we were talking with Mahomes, Brady, and Burrow. They can do without some stuff. Burrow can do without a line. I think Dak needs a line. I think Dak needs better wide receivers. Um, and uh, Kirk Cousins had a good year, and I also think Jared Goff had a good year because they switched offense coordinators. Goff had a better chance. Um, so that's just my thinking of Dak now, and my worst coach is Mike McCarthy. Um, and any critical decisions I disagreed with was the fourth and five not going for it instead of and instead punting. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, I know a lot of people talk about that last play. I don't mind it at all. You're look, something absolutely insane has to happen for you to even get a touchdown at that point. So are you trying a play that's just gonna confuse the defense out of existence or potentially confuse the defense out of existence, it's worth it. And I like everyone's like, oh fire Kellen Moore after that after that play if that's the reason you fire a head coach or I mean an offensive coordinator you're doing it for the wrong reasons because again you got to try to make something happen and that uh, that was something and it didn't work and it looked bad but I don't find much wrong with it yeah I was kind of like what like I was like game's already over and I was like, you would have to have something crazy. And the thing is, when I think about the Miami Miracle, Adam Gase drew that up. And, like, he wasn't a great OC or a great head coach. It was just luck. So I think you need to be pretty lucky. And to me, it was when they decided to punt, I'm like, okay, they're, the offense started rolling for the Niners. George Kettle made a good, a great catch. And uh, Diggs missed on interception, and he missed hitting Kittle. So... It's just to me, it was tough, but I do come out of this game a little worried for the Niners because the Dallas Cowboys offense, I think, was playing incredibly well, and they were pushing the ball against the great Niners defense, and I think the Eagles have a better offense. They have better offensive line, better QB, um, better wide receiving core, so I think the Eagles can definitely, if the Cowboys were able to push against that defense, then I'm, I'm confident the Eagles will put, um, be able to. The thing is that also the 49ers have a great line and I feel like they're going to run the ball on a, I would say, and this, I may be wrong, but I just feel like the Cowboys defense, you can't play much better than that. The Niners oh, yeah. score one touchdown. Sure. But, I was really impressed, and moving forward, I, the Niners and Eagles will learn from this past week, uh, for better or worse, and I, I think it'll be a great game, and my worst coach is Mike McCarthy, I don't have to go into that. Uh, my fourth most impressive performance, CeeDee Lamb, 
CeeDee Lamb, 10 receptions, uh, 117 yards. You take him off the field, they get blown out. Blown out. Because they would have punted it 100 times. Yeah. And he like, has made the jump to wide receiver one. It's just, to me, the outside pieces. Or the supporting. I, yeah, I, I, I understand that. 117 of Dak's 206 was CD. I found that crazy. And then my fifth best player this week, Fred Warner. Fred Warner had the huge pick. He was patrolling on defense. I was nine combined tackles, seven solo. He was a big part of the reason why Zeke and that entire run game for the Cowboys could not get going at all. And they're, they're, they are the best rushing defense in the league, so I'm not necessarily surprised, but he was a big part of this team's success. Yes, uh, Fred Warner was my four. Um, he, like you said, he made some great tackles, and he was also guarding C.D. Lamb on the pass that Dak missed on. Yep. What was your five again? Uh, my five was Micah. And just that play with, uh, I think it was McGlinchey, where Parsons, like, threw him off. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's incredible. And, uh, yeah, you can't ask much more of that defense. They played incredibly well. To me, it's the offense and the turnovers. Yeah, I, 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 a big part of playoff football, and this is not necessarily always true because, I mean, we saw the Jaguars game, which I, I still think it, that game just infuriates me. But uh, normally you need to not turn over the ball to win games. You can't lose a turnover, turnover differential by five and win a game like the Jaguars did. Uh, I think that's part of the reason why the Jaguars ended up losing is you, that, that's kind of a fluky deal, but – I don't know how much Jack has built for the playoffs and I'm worried for his future because my dad was talking to me and this is true. The drive before his last drive. So not the drive where he had the, uh, the terrible quote unquote play call at the end oh. of the game, but the drive before that, when his first pack pass was almost picked by Fred Warner. Yeah. Uh, my dad told me before that drive. Okay. This is, this is their last chance. And this will be, and he said that it's definitively, and I, I totally agree, and thinking about it, it's, it's really smart to say, this will be Dak's legacy. If Dak does not come through right here, if they do not score a touchdown, it will be his legacy that he could not do it against Brock Purdy of all players. And that first pass, he looked scared. The second pass could have been converted. Oh, no, the second one was a uh, – was the second one a sack? No, the third one was a sack. No, the second it was play, like almost a sack. And then, and then like, he got away and he threw it far and almost caught it. Yeah, it was almost oh, a catch. Oh, that was a gallop. And it yeah, and in the third down play, he got sacked. That drive is – that's Cowboys football since Emmett left. Yeah. It really is, and I do agree with your dad. Like that was that is his legacy, and if you I saw the stat, um, he uh, Dak is tied with Romo with like divisional round losses, zero wins in the divisional round. Worst divisional round record. Yeah, like they're both own three, and um, it, it's just the way it is, and like that's just the way it is. You're getting paid, and. He played incredible with the Bucks. Like he was incredible. 
and I and he just didn't follow it up. It was too big. Like he threw two picks, and the pick that bugs me the most is there was also that one with the Michael Gallup. That one was annoying, but it was the pick at the end of the drive, end of the second half. No, first half, first half, in going end of the second quarter, where it's he was just forcing it in with CD Lamb where C.D. Lamb was double covered by Fred Warner and Jimmy Ward. And that led to three points and a shift to me. Because even if you get three points on that drive, I, I, I feel very comfortable like, okay, we can win this. But he threw a pick there, and it just wasn't. I, yeah, I mean, Romo doesn't get enough praise because I feel like Part of the reason was incompetent coaching more than it was Romo. I don't feel like, again, we go back to 2014 when they lost to the Packers. How much of that was on Romo? I mean, I don't really know. He played amazing that game. I go back to it. He, he, 15 of 19, two touchdowns, no picks. It was really on the defense who allowed Rodgers to have 316 with three touchdowns. And Eddie Lacy to have 101 yards. Two players had over 100 receiving yards that game for the Packers. Randall Cobb had 116. Devontae Adams had 117. It was yeah, DeMarco think, Murray with 123. That was the reason why they stayed in it, along with uh, Rommel's efficiency. Yeah, and I think um, outside of like 2007, in between that 2000-2014, there was not a really good roster around Romo. There wasn't a good O-line. That's when they started. When they finally built the O-line was 2014 when they drafted Zach Martin. Because they had gotten Smith, I think, in 2011. Then mm-hmm. then they got Frederick, I want to say, almost like 2013. Uh, yeah, because 2012 was Mo Claiborne. And then 2014 was Zach. And then that's when the line got really good. And then Romo had just gotten injuries. And that's what hurt him. So, yeah, I think there is a discussion who would you rather have in their prime, Romo or Dak. I'm not really sure. I'm taking Romo almost every time. Yeah, I would probably take Romo because, like, even with the defense, if you had a good defense, it, yeah. Um, and I'm not sure I would hire Mike McCarthy, but there, the it's going to be a tough offseason because what do you do? There are a lot of key free agents, and um, – what do you do in the draft? I would almost go like it's not a deep wide receiver draft, so I might go edge again, like because Demarcus Lawrence is Demarcus Lawrence was incredible, but he's getting older, and if I can pair an edge with Micah or a linebacker because to help in the run game with LVE, like I would go defensive side of the ball just to build up that defense even more, and then just hope that the offense. Like, just tell Dak, don't turn over the ball. Just don't turn over the ball. Let the defense win the game. Yeah, I think a big reason why there's this kind of like, oh, we're almost such a choker is what happened in that Seattle game. Oh, yeah, the punt or the field goal. But again, he's a quarterback. I'm not about to hold him accountable for that, even though, yes, it is his fault. It's hard for me to just call him a not-clutch quarterback for not doing something that a, not necessarily a quarterback is supposed to be able to do. But Yeah, 
I would almost blame him more for 2007 when they lost to the Jacks. Yeah, yeah. That's the one where a lot of people talked about it. Because I, 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 I don't remember that game, but um, I don't think I was even – yeah, I was too young. Um, but there was – I saw a clip from, like, Bob Sturm, and it was where he just missed on a pass to Terrell Owens. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is – like, that's a rough pass. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, that's, we'll see what the Cowboys do, but now we'll go to the AFC championship. Well, NFC championship game. I'm going to stay with the Eagles. I feel confident. And I also think, um, that Eagles defense can, I think they can really put the pressure on Brock Purdy and I believe in their secondary more. I think coaching really was going to come down to and the experience that Kyle Shanahan has. I feel like he'll be able to scheme up some great plays. And I, I I worry for Brock Purdy, but I'm not – he's still getting great coaching, and I feel like he'll make the right play unless he's under an inordinate amount of pressure and the game is close or he has to make a huge play. But I don't think he'll ever get to that point. I feel like they're going to ride Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and make sure that he stays comfortable in the pocket. But I, I – I really think it's going to come down to can the Eagles dismantle this defense? Can they – if the Eagles put up 30 – I'll even say if the Eagles score 28, they win this game. If the game is under 20, like it was for this Cowboys game, like both teams under 20, uh, 49ers win. Yeah, we'll have to see. And, um, yeah, I believe in Jalen – um, but I, I hope this is close. Um, but now into the AFC, it, it's going to be a tale of quarterbacks. And I am nervous about this one because just how mobile is Mahomes going to be with that high ankle sprain? I'm not as worried about the ankle sprain as some other people. And that's because it's Mahomes. And I don't think he's going to allow it to affect him as much as maybe it could. But it's a it's an understanding concern. And... I feel like it's really going to come down to can the Chiefs offense stop the Bengals enough? Can't this is another game where it's going to be a shootout? I feel like this one's going to go to overtime. Just be a crazy. And we have the new overtime rules. Yes, where both teams will touch the ball, which is how it should always be, regular season or not. But it is what it is. Yeah, and um, um, I also think that that um, defensive line for the Bengals is sneaky good because you got Hubbard you got Hendrickson and DJ Reader and I remember I think the format was for the Bengals defense was they only sent three they only sent three guys and then they just added an extra guy in coverage which I think could even work more now because you really only have Kelsey you're there's not like they don't have Hill mm-hmm. so it's going to be a lot it's going to put a lot of pressure on Mahomes to find the right window. And if their defensive line gets to Mahomes with only rushing through, I think that will be a key thing. And Mahomes has yet to beat Joe Burrow. Yeah. And this really comes down to a legacy game for Mahomes because, well, he has a, a tied record now with Brady, but the games that he's lost mean a lot more. Losing an AFC Championship, losing a Super Bowl, those are going to be hard to come back from. Long, if we're talking 
GOAT status, or at least greatest QB of all time. Because I feel like in the NFL, we talk too much about QBs as it is, even though I'd say Brady's a GOAT no matter what position you're talking about. But if we're just talking greatest QB of all time, it, it matters that he lost those games. I don't care if he didn't have an O-line. I don't care what the story is. I don't care if it was, it was his first year starting. It matters. And now we go to Burrow, another guy that's had a great start to his career and will definitely have contention for go status, which a lot of guys in the league that are young always have a chance to become. But you can't lose this many times to Burrow, especially in the playoffs. He can't lose this game. I don't feel like he can because you lose twice in the AFC Championship where I would argue that Mahomes has a better team around him. You get dicey. You you get to and, – and at home, which is kind of the problem with also the AFC Championship game in uh, 2018. But Mahomes not having a great record against all-time – what could be all-time great? And you could be like, oh, well, Josh Allen. Well, I, need, I haven't seen Josh Allen actually win a game and actually – in order to amount of help, but this is this will become a legacy game. I I feel like this is the most important game of Mahomes' career to this point, even more than the Super Bowl is winning this game. If he can win this game hurt, if he can win this game at home, it, it's very very important for the future of not only him but the Chiefs. Yeah, we'll have to see. And um, with the goat, I was just like, I just kind of want to wait. Like more, I just like I'll, I I want to see. This is the stuff that matters. Like this long true, term, true. long this term. Twenty years down the line, we're going to be talking about this. He couldn't beat Burrow at home twice, even though Burrow had less help. Burrow line. This is young Burrow too. Like this isn't even older Burrow. So we get to the point where it actually starts to matter. The, yeah, that is a good point. And I, I also love, like, Burrow, like, we got tricked with Allen and Mahomes. Now it's just Mahomes-Burrow, which is, like, the reenactment of, like, it's two different, they're very different quarterbacks, but it, the tale of, like, when you always have Brady and Manning in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, and if I'm correct, Josh Allen's only made one AFC Championship game? Yes, and that's when the Chiefs just blew him out, I'm pretty sure. When they, yeah, yeah they blew him out, and then... They played the um, Bucks. They got blew up. They got blown out by the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were just blowouts. And then the divisional round last game, and then the Bengals game was also good. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. This one's probably my favorite. I'm glad it's the final game. I'm not sure about the NFC, um, but the AFC. I think it's going to be incredible, and uh, I- I'm looking forward to it. Same here. I'm excited. And that's all we got. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for listening to Outsiders' Opinions.